Welcome to Grant Thornton's Navigating the New Normal podcast series. My name's Velvet Bell Templeman, and I'm here talking to Sandy Boswell and Sukhvinder Heyer, partners and innovation and incentive specialists at Grant Thornton, with over 40 years of experience between them. Thanks so much for joining us, Sandy and Sukhvinder. Thank you, Velvet Bell. Thanks, VB. Now, a lot of people have this perception that innovation involves people mixing chemicals, creating cures, or designing robots and AI. It's more than that, though, isn't it? Thanks, Phoebe. That's a great question, and I've heard that statement so many times, and it's a common misconception. We work with companies who innovate from startups to multinationals and across many, many sectors um, within Australia, such as agriculture and even aquaculture, building supplies. ICT, manufacturing and fintech. And Australia leads the way in many of these areas. Yes, look, I'm constantly amazed to see how much the results of innovation touch our lives every day in big ways and small. I mean, using, for example, the food we eat. In my career here in R&D, I've seen R&D in the seed trials and in the products that keep those plants healthy and growing fast and then the processing of those plants into new products and and the packaging of those products that they come in. So when we're talking to companies about R&D innovation, we often start with the questions, what is the problem that you're facing and how are you going about finding an answer? And Sukhvinda, from a business perspective, why is innovation important? Innovation is about survival. Now, for some companies, innovation is at the heart of what they do and they have to innovate to, to stay relevant. To give an example of something we're all quite familiar with, our smartphones. Now, to, to get us to be interested in, in the latest version of a smartphone, we're expecting to see innovation. Now, for some other companies, innovation will look very different. Survival may mean reducing costs. So, for example, can low-value repeatable processes be automated? Can the cost of manufacture of our product be changed without changing its quality and price? For others still, disruption to the supply chain may mean having to make products using inputs that they might not otherwise have considered. Now, some of these solutions may be straightforward, but for many others, it will involve the business taking a risk. And another example of that tech vendor is in the manufacturing and process change area. So at the moment, we're seeing this happen right now in Australia because of the impact of COVID and how corporates are innovating to meet local demand and PPE. So we recently reached out to about a cohort of 60 companies um, who have adapted and innovated to make ventilators, PPE and hand sanitizers. And these are companies that were gin distillers um, making different uh, manufacturing processes and products and have really just quickly pivoted to deal with the demand that COVID has created in our economy. And Australian innovation? With the federal budget in October and the Prime Minister calling for a more entrepreneurial and innovative market, is there change on the horizon for innovation incentives? Look, the bedrock of innovation support in Australia is the R&D tax incentive. Now, the policy driver for the R&D tax incentive is to support business in taking on activities which involve risk. Now, the government introduced some changes back in December 2019, which will effectively reduce the level of support. Now, these changes were the subject of a Senate committee um, and the review from that committee was due to be handed down last week. But now it's going to report on the 24th of August. 
Now, Sandy was actually the, the sole advisor who presented at the hearings held at the end of June. Sandy, what was the mood? Uh, a good question. So I presented to the Senate hearing along with some corporates in the manufacturing sector and a key message from them to the government was now's not the time to change and cut back support for innovation in Australia by cutting back the R&D tax incentive. When you have regimes like the UK pumping £22 billion into their R&D incentive, Singapore increasing theirs and New Zealand having a rate that is 25% higher than ours, now's not the time to be cutting back our support of our manufacturing sector here, for example, via the R&D tax incentive. So that was a key message that uh, the government was told during those hearings, not just by myself, but also by corporates that access the program to undertake and innovate here in Australia. So there is a huge amount of potential for companies to innovate. And there's a lot more to this than just accessing incentives. Can we talk a little bit about what companies can or should be doing with all this IP that they're creating? Thanks, Phoebe. Uh, yes, we could. I think what we're seeing is we work with companies beyond compliance. So compliance is our base service. We've developed what we call an IP-centric model where we work with companies from creation to commercialisation. We've seen the need to go beyond that compliance focus and really look at the IP strategy that a company is developing and innovating to achieve an increase in their market share. We really see this as critical to business post-COVID so that growth can be achieved in the economy by really leveraging off IP development here in Australia. We recently spoke to a company that's in a building supplies space, so they've developed a new product. And not only did we talk to them about the R&D tax incentive, but we also talked to them about their IP strategy, how to patent the idea, discussing a trade secret framework, um, looking at how we can incentivise employees through employee share schemes. And then we moved around and looked at, well, how do we defend the patent or protect it? And then the further exploitation of the commercialisation. So even things like having a strategy workshop on how do we embed innovation in the culture of the company so that you can have innovation awards, for example, or you track your innovation and you use knowledge management tools to share that information around the company. So for us, it's not just about the R&D tax incentive. It's much broader than that, and it's having that whole life cycle of innovation discussion with a client every time we speak with them around what they're doing in terms of R&D in Australia. Flowing on from this, we know innovation is a global game. Countries set up beneficial frameworks to attract and keep innovation hubs within their borders. How are we set up and how does that work in a world when many borders have come down? I was actually speaking to an overseas company last week. Um, and doing R&D in Australia was not even on their radar. But then they looked to see the impact of COVID in their home country in terms of patients and, and, and hospital capacity. And they identified that they may not be able to complete the trials there in a short period of time. So the control of COVID as well as the R&D tax incentive has them thinking seriously about coming to Australia. But we're not without competition in this global innovation game. Um, and, and Sandy, perhaps you can talk to that. Thanks, Govinda. The global game on innovation is an ongoing threat here, but it's also a great opportunity for us. Um, 
as you'd know, Sabinda, we get two to three calls a week from companies wanting to move and put R&D projects into Australia. And they're looking at, well, what is the best regime of support to undertake that R&D or to innovate here? And they then comparatively look around the world and see, well, where can they actually get that best support? It's not the only decision or the only driver to make that decision, but it's certainly quite a compelling one for them. The global innovation dollar is fluid. It moves quickly, so projects are set up and you know moved within regions on a regular basis. So companies will look for the best parking spot. So if you think about you know just the examples that I gave before, when we compare ourselves against New Zealand and Australia, we now know that New Zealand has a really competitive R&D tax credit program. So that's a threat to Australia. But I think if we pivot our model and we continue to support it here, we've got a great opportunity to continue to have jobs and new product and process developments that come out of Australia. Sandy, you mentioned opportunity. Does this present an overarching challenge or opportunity for Australia? We're seeing great things here in our manufacturing sector, for example, VB, where, as I said earlier, companies are pivoting their R&D programs to deal with the supply shortages that we have as a result of COVID, but also the challenges and opportunities of developing new products. So that's some great things. So that, that I think will be a permanent pivot. And what we say to companies is, you know, play to your strengths. I think it's really important to think about where do you want to be and using innovation as the kickstarter to get there. We really have a strong view here at Grant Thornton that innovation is going to be the key for us to get out of this COVID-led recession. Um, and we're seeing a lot of companies already innovating quite strongly to do that. So, you know, there's some, I think, exciting times ahead for us as an economy as we develop new products and processes and new ways of getting to the market because of the challenges of the current global economic climate that's been created by COVID. Yeah, look, I'm going to go with, you know, the, the current situation does present an opportunity. What we are going through is hopefully once in a multi-generational event. But, but as Sandy says, it gives us an opportunity to forge a path built on our strengths. We're a stable nation. We have many, many clever Australians, as, as I've seen over the, the journey of my R&D career. And we currently have a very simple mechanism to support risky innovation. So all the core elements are, are there to, to help us grow out of the, the, the economic situation that, that we're in. Sandy and Sukhvinda, thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Velvet Bell. Thanks, Phoebe. You can find further information on how COVID-19 might affect your business and assistance is available to you on the Grant Thornton COVID-19 Hub at www.grantthornton.com.au forward slash COVID-19. If you liked this podcast and you would like to hear more, you can find and subscribe to Grant Thornton Australia on iTunes, Spotify or SoundCloud. I'm Velvet Bell Templeman and you're listening to Boardroom Media.